Earl Alvarado. Uh, Alvarado, sorry about that. Carol, how do these measures get onto the ballot? Well, they have to um, pass both chambers. Um, it requires a hundred votes in the um, in the House and um, in the Senate. You know, we we take them up as, as they come from the House, or sometimes they initiate uh, in the Senate. So it's uh, you know it's hard to pass a constitutional amendment, um, but um, on a lot of these, you do see a bipartisan effort. I think most of these had bipartisan support, especially when you talk about you know, the ones like Proposition 4, which deals with property tax relief, Proposition 5, the university fund, uh, Proposition 8, the broadband uh, infrastructure fund, and then Proposition 9, giving our retired teachers a cost-of-living adjustment. Well, uh, taxes is actually the next thing I wanted to talk about. There's several mm -hmm. that fall into the category of taxes. We've got Proposition 2, allow governments to exempt child care facilities from property tax. You've right. got uh, prohibit a wealth or net worth tax. We've got... Uh -huh. Um, ad valorem tax exemption on equipment and inventory by medical, and I think you mentioned uh -huh. one other. Well, the big one is the uh, is four, which is the the property tax relief that uh, deals with uh, raising the homestead exemption. That's that's the big one. That's probably um, the most meaningful. I shouldn't say probably it is the most meaningful and substantive property tax relief we've ever seen. Um, we took $18 billion to invest in this property tax relief. Um, we had a lot of debate on it, uh, a lot of back and forth between the House and the Senate, different ways that people wanted to get there. Um, but this one is Proposition 4, and again, it is, Increasing the homestead exemption from forty thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars. So it's um, it's a really big tax relief. I mean, more than we've ever seen. If um, you are over sixty five or disabled, then that, there's an extra ten thousand dollars that uh, would be added to the exemption. So my concern is that. So much of our public school funding comes from those property taxes. Have y'all done anything to offset that? Well, we're, yeah, we're working on that. We're trying to do that in this special session by doing things like raising the, the allotment. Um, unfortunately, um, that bill has, well, tomorrow, <laughs> the end of this current special session, so we will be back, and hopefully we can pass something. Uh, Senate Democrats, we have pushed for, uh, well, we've pushed against, back against vouchers, but we are also pushing for uh, teacher pay raises and raising the basic allotment to something that is uh, sustainable, something that is meaningful, and uh, you, you just, you can't, um, you can't talk about school finance without those issues and I just um, 
I know we're kind of getting off the property tax thing, but I just think, you know, something like vouchers uh, is harmful to our public education system. I think it would chip away at our public education system that we have in place right now. And um, I think what has been proposed, um, whether it's $8,000 or $10,000 per student, that doesn't go a long way. I don't know many private schools that you can enroll in for that amount of money. So it still leaves families holding the bag on the remainder of the tuition costs, books, uh, transportation. So uh, we've seen that there's, and, you know, some people, I guess, they're just, they're in denial. They don't want to see what is taking place, that there's not an appetite in the overall Texas legislature uh, for vouchers. But yet, we keep getting called back for it. We'll be called right. back again probably very soon. And, and I want to I want to point out that some people will say, "Well, you can't fix a problem just by throwing money at it, but you can make a problem worse by cutting funds." And right. if we're diverting the the money from our public schools, then we are making a problem of funding our public schools worse. Well, again, that's why I think it's important to do what we're trying to accomplish, which is adding more money in um, for public education. And not only that, but as I mentioned earlier, giving our teachers a pay increase and giving schools more money for the school safety bills that have been passed uh, prior to this session. All right. Well, let's. Let's hear a song about taxes. This one's from the Happy Tones. It's called Tax Cuts for the Rich. We're under an attack. Uncle Sam's financial health is headed south and pretty fast. We're burning oil and passing gas, but we're taking care of the upper class with tax cuts for the wealth. E-I-E-I-O. Said the farmer in the dell, which isn't really here or there, but say what's a funny smell. It's a strategy that the left can't match. It's a perfect crime that the police can't catch. It's a chronic itch that the use is scratch.
for the Rich, mm-hmm. listening to Political Musings. I'm speaking with State Senator Carol Alvarado. We're talking about what's on the ballot in Texas tomorrow. We were talking about Proposition 4. Proposition 5 renames the National Research University Fund to the Texas University Fund and establishes an ongoing revenue source from the accrued interest of Economic Stabilization Fund. Can you explain that in English to me? Yeah, well, for so long, well, since its inception, the Permanent University Fund has only benefited the University of Texas and Texas A&M, and no offense to any folks, <laughs> current students or alumni from there, wonderful universities, very supportive of them. Um, but we also have other fine universities, like the University of Houston, uh, that have not been able to benefit from the, the what we call the PUF Fund. So this is establishing or renaming the National Research University Fund as the Texas University Fund. Now we put in, uh, well, there's about a $3.9 billion endowment. University of Houston will gain the most from that in the first year, about $48 million. Uh, besides the University of Houston, you have Texas Tech, University of North Texas, and Texas State University. Uh, we have to do this to remain competitive. Other states, like California, New York, they have multiple, you know, I think up to nine universities that are able to tap into that research fund, and Texas has only had two. So we are providing a very predictable and sustainable source of funding for high-quality research at the universities that I just mentioned. And um, you know, also it helps to ensure that we can recruit some of the best uh, researchers and faculty and students, of course. Well, that, that's great. And that is going to include the two in my town of Denton, uh, Texas Women's University. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's just the one woman, but apparently. And North Tex- uh, University of North Texas. It was North Texas State when I went there, but that deal. Yeah, University of North Texas. Yeah, they'll, they'll benefit as, as well. And, of course, my alma mater of Lamar University in Beaumont. So mm-hmm. we have lots of universities here in, in Texas that need the support. And uh, I'm glad to see that we're, that's number five. Let's do that, folks. Let's get that passed. Next up. I, let me go back to something. You, you, since okay. we're still on kind of the um, education and, and tax uh, bills uh, or constitutional amendments, I, I failed to mention that in the uh, proposition for the property tax, there is, uh, a, you're not going to see this language on the ballot, but there there was a hold harmless clause in the bill to ensure that schools get the same amount of money. So even though we're going to kind of shrink the, the from the taxpayers what's going into our public education system, um, the state does make up the difference on what the st- what the schools would have gotten in the property tax revenue. So there is no loss to our schools. I mean, I think if 
if it had not been the case, then um, you would have seen a, a different debate on that issue and may not have had, you know, the bipartisan support that it received. So, so you can go out and support Proposition 4, raise your homestead exemption to $100,000 and not worry that our schools are going to get uh, shortchanged. Very good. And it, and it says, if you go to Ballotpedia, it says... Uh, increase homestead exemption to 100000 and increase state funding for public school education. So yeah, it, do it, both well, at the same quite, time. Yeah, it doesn't quite, um, I'm looking at its language right now, it doesn't quite say it the way I described it with the hold harmless. I think most people probably wouldn't know what that is, but um, it was in the, the bill language. All right, so let's move on to Proposition 6, creates the Texas Water Fund to finance water projects. Mm -hmm. Well, we're needing that more and more with the uh, the amount of drought that we've had. Our population growth, so many people moving to Texas, it, it does put a, a strain on our water resources and our infrastructure is aging. Um, it's... Um, We've seen um, places where we've had to boil water. Uh, mm -hmm. least here in Houston, that was the case uh, not too long ago, earlier this year. So this will help with um, providing some funds uh, and investment in water infrastructure, and it gives the Texas uh, Water Development Board some flexibility in allocating uh, financial assistance through some existing and newly created funds to address issues with um, existing water infrastructure and support new water supply projects across our state for many years to come. Well, the problem with water is that you usually either have too much or not enough. Or, mm -hmm. what, or what you have is not clean. As to get, um, so many problems. But I did a show earlier in the summer with a candidate from uh, the Denver, Colorado area, and we talked specifically mm -hmm. about the politics of water. It's really important that we we fund these water infrastructure problem uh, projects because mm -hmm. that's everything. You can't have life without water. Well, it is our one of our most precious resources, and uh, again, you, you couple just so many variables, the drought, the aging infrastructure, population growth, it all adds up, and with uh, a lot of development and growth, uh, whether it's in manufacturing or oil and gas, whatever the case is, it, it does impact our water supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, of course, in, in your part of Texas, you have to worry about hurricanes and floods. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I will never forget the images from Hurricane Harvey and seeing oh, that uh, yeah. <laughs> water I, I up to, played, you know, yeah. what we used to call spaghetti I, I bowls. Never, oh, my gosh. It, it, it was scary. Um, just. You know, you just were, I've never prayed so hard. It's just, the wind, the rain, it was just awful, yeah. 
Alright, well, let's hear uh, this from great uh, Texas, late great Texas artist, Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is Texas oh, Flood. Yeah, Texas Flood. I love that song, too. Stevie Ray Vaughan with Texas Flood. Been talking to State Senator Carol Alvarado. We've been talking about what's on the ballot tomorrow. We're running out of time. Don't want to take up too much of Senator's time. What of the remaining propositions that we haven't talked about yet is top of your mind of really important? Well, I'll quickly go through that. Uh, Proposition 8, 
was it's important to bridge the digital divide. It's, uh, it creates the Broadband Infrastructure Fund uh, for expansion of access to and adoption of broadband and telecommunication services. We appropriated $1.5 billion to this fund, so uh, we want to make sure that we bridge that divide and that Texans have access to broadband. Um, we would also be well positioned to draw down funds from the federal broadband, let me see if I get this right, Equity Access and Development, BEAD, B-E-A-D program, which matches state dollars. So that's real important. And then also Proposition 9, which is the cost of living adjustment for retired teachers. The state invested $3.4 billion. It's fully funded by the state. Uh, these retirees have not had a cost of living adjustment in nearly 20 years. Mm. So we uh, want to make sure that people know about that that's on the ballot as well. Well, just uh, along that lines for future session, I hope that you will work on getting the minimum wage in Texas and particularly oh, yeah. the tipped minimum increased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we... <laughs> That's a, you know, because that's, it's been I over 30 years for, yeah. <laughs> for waitresses. I know. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, trust me, we on our side of the aisle, it's something we've advocated for. But this is why people need to go out and vote. We've got elections tomorrow. We've got primaries in March and then a general election in 2024. And these things matter. A lot of these things that we've talked about, whether it's you know, vouchers or protecting women's right to choose, um, raising the minimum wage, online voter registration, expanding Medicaid, none of this is going to change unless we flip Texas, unless we start electing Democrats to statewide offices. Absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time uh, to speak with me today. I know your time your time is very busy, so I'm gonna yes. let you get back to right. State Senator Carol Alvarado, one of the best of the best. Thank you again. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Well, we're gonna continue on talking about some of these matters. And uh, we're gonna I got some more music to play. We skipped over. Bowling for Soup, High School Never Ends. And this one, special dedication to all the, all the propositions that have anything to do with education. Here's Bowling for Soup, a good Wichita Falls, Texas band. Bowling for Soup, High School Never Ends. So it 
That was High School Never Ends from the Wichita Falls band Bowling for Soup. You've been listening to Political Musings here on Fishbowl. And my guest today was State Senator Carol Alvarado. Alvarado sorry. And uh, let's talk a little bit about what's left on the ballot that we haven't yet discussed today. Of course, we did discuss what's on the ballot in some other states. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Ohio. I'm looking at you, Virginia. Women's rights are on the ballot, and it, it matters who controls your state legislature. In some, to, to some degree, even more so, even more so than who control, you know, who your senator is or who, um, you know, who represents you in Congress. What's happening at the state level in so many cases is where the rubber meets the road. And so we pay attention. You know, go to vote.org, Ballotpedia. There are a number of places. And if you live here in Texas, in certain counties, tomorrow, if you didn't vote early, you're going to have to find the particular location to vote for your precinct. Some counties, like Dallas County, they already have, uh, and I believe Collin County does as well, they have voting centers. So you can go anywhere during early voting in your county and anywhere on election day. But in my county, you've got to find your specific precinct location. And those can change from election to election. So make sure that you're going to the right location before you leave the house. It's all out there. Your county's election website, in my county it's votedenton.com, you can go do a voter lookup on yourself, and it'll tell you where to go to vote tomorrow. So make sure you do that, and you don't show up at the wrong location at 10 minutes to close and no time to get to the right location. So make sure you know where you need to go before you leave the house. And you know what else you can do? You can get the League of Women Voters uh, paper that talks about each of these things. You can write on it at home and you know, make your make yourself a little cheat sheet. This is how I'm going to vote on these various things. That way you don't have to deliberate when you get there. You can just go in, get out your 
you can bring anything paper. You just can't leave it there in the voting booth. Got to take it with you. Write, write it down. Make your marks. And hit the road. If you haven't done it yet, I was waiting to talk to the senator today before I voted. I normally vote early, but I wanted to hear what she had to say about these various uh, propositions on the ballot. And so I'm glad I did because I have a different opinion than I had yesterday on some of them. Now, an interesting thing about Texas is that we do... Uh, put everything to a constitutional amendment. We have one of the longest constitutions there is because we do this every couple of years. And so uh, on the ballot, strange things like abolishing the Galveston County Treasurer. No. No. Don't vote for that. Don't be silly. Uh, We've got another one that is for to allow uh, conservation and reclamation districts in El Paso. I don't know why I'm voting for that in Denton. It's a long way from El Paso. I think it's like a 10-hour drive. But there we have it. It's on the ballot. Um, we've got the Centennial Parks Conservation Fund. I think that's important. Mandatory retirement. I, I don't believe in mandatory retirement, but maybe some of these judges should. Well, I, I think we we can um, leave that where it is, but, you know, who's to say? All right, well, that's about all we've got time for today here on Political Musings. I want to thank you for listening. Again, thank Senator... Alvarado for joining me remember as I tell you every single week get registered get informed get politically active and go vote and if you don't have anything nice to say come sit by me now let's end the show with a little bit of United Guitar players. This is United Guitar Players with El Paso.